You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. So good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the first CCB GTT national call of the season. This is September 8, 2021. And for anyone listening to our podcast, this is a time-sensitive call because it's about the upcoming federal election. Um, So we have a guest speaker with us tonight, and she is Josephine Hall. She's the Community Relations Officer for Elections Canada, responsible for accessibility issues in Ottawa Centre, which is the riding, which is my riding, but also the riding where the CCB National Office is. And I thank Josephine for agreeing to come on the call tonight. So she's going to start with a a little presentation about uh, what's going to happen in the upcoming election. um, And then we'll take questions. Thank you very much, everybody, for um, allowing me to a little bit of time in your meeting tonight. Um, I did ask Kim if she would sort of send me some of the the ideas are the key questions that she thought that you had. And so I thought if I just started with a bit of an overview of, of what's happening this year, and then we can absolutely open it up to questions uh, afterwards. I will tell you, I'm not promising to have all the answers. I did leave some messages today um, and submit some tickets for some uh, extra information, some of which I have and some of which I don't. But one of the things I'll be able to give you is some names and numbers and places to get more information. And I'm most happy to keep in touch with Kim and anybody else if there are ongoing questions that I can uh, get more information for you tomorrow or later this week. Uh, So as a community resource officer for Elections Canada, the the role of this position is really to establish um, a relationship with with the local resources in the community that um, provide support to different organizations in in areas of accessibility and all different types. So I've done a fair amount of work to reach out. Sometimes it's difficult to find places that are just in your own riding. Some of them reach a little further than that um, as did uh, the call that we made and the connection we made with Kim here. Our job is to make connection with you and just offer some assistance and support, whether it's information or specific answers to questions. And the overall objective is to increase awareness of the election and provide you with information that you might need that might be specific to where, when, and different ways to vote. Explain the importance of registering to vote as well as making the voting process itself as accessible as we possibly can. And so again, it's just sort of giving you some of that information. Um, I don't know how many of you have already been to the website, but the Elections Canada website is www.elections.ca. And when you go to that home screen or that first screen, gives you an option of English or French. And that takes you immediately to a main screen that actually has most of the key information that uh, Kim had had asked me 
right there on the um, at the beginning. So there's a block to click where to vote. You put in your uh, postal code, and then it will lead you through the process to give you the uh, riding office in that area, as well as the locations for both advance polls and election day. So most of you probably know, but advance polls begin this weekend, Friday, the 10th of September, and run through Monday. And then election day, there is Monday, September the 20th. On that same page at elections.ca, having selected your language preference, you'll find another block, which is where to find my candidates. And again, if you click on that, that will give you an overview of who the candidates are in your riding. Um, you want that obviously, so you can do a bit of research and see who's there. In our riding, for example, there are eight candidates. So, you know, most people are usually pretty familiar with the top three or four, uh, but often there will be some others. And you might want that as you're doing your sort of review before you get there. In certain processes of voting, for example, if you were to go to the riding office, we have what we call a write-in ballot. It means at a riding office, you can vote for anywhere in the country. You don't have to be in your own riding. But if you're coming to Ottawa Centre and you're intending to vote as somebody who resides in BC, you would have to know who those candidates are. You have to write in the name on the ballot. You don't get a ballot with you know, five names and a list. So it's really important that you know who your candidates are. There's also on that page, a click for vote by mail. And I understand that this is an area for many people actually, that's been a bit of a challenge. It is one of the new features that they added this year or tried to promote more this year because of the pandemic and the reluctance of some people to uh, go out and to approach voting locations. Uh, there are a couple of sites where you can offer feedback on the process and or anything to do with Elections Canada. And again, on that Elections Canada website, it's electionscanada.ca slash feedback forward slash feedback. Or there's a 1-800, and I fully appreciate that these days, any kind of a phone at Elections Canada, some of them are quicker or not than others, 1-800-463-6868. And again, I'm happy to pass these, this, these, this information on to Kim or anybody else, uh, if you, you know, so that you've got this later on. What's new in the pandemic? What's happening different? How are we trying to accommodate the whole world or the country in terms of the situation that we've all found ourselves in for the last 18 plus months. As I say, they've added this mail-in option that they're really promoting. I think they've had a fairly good uptake on it. As you might expect, there will be regular pandemic protocols at all voting sites, whether that's at an elections office or an advance poll or a special poll or on election day, including a requirement that masks be worn, hand sanitizer be used, uh, physical distancing being maintained as best as possible between everybody, and contact tracing will be undertaken. 
So there will be someone who actually sits at a table and writes down the name and phone number of everybody who comes through that location, just in the very off chance that there was some kind of a problem later, they would know who had been on site during that day. Um, all of these things are intended to provide the safest environment possible. And we do understand that sometimes not all of those things are gonna happen. I will tell you that masks are required at all times on site, but nobody, for example, would be denied the right to vote. So someone who comes in and refuses to wear a mask, they will be offered one, and that will be the end of the discussion. There will not be any fuss made about it. Usually we find that the less discussion about it, you know, it's about getting people through the process of voting as quickly as possible. There will be a little bit of a delay in that once that person has voted, nobody will touch that station until it's been entirely sanitized uh, for the next person coming through. Physical distancing, hand sanitizing, masking, we're hoping that the combination of all those things means that if one of them isn't possible, if the space doesn't allow for a full six feet between each, each person, the fact that they're hand sanitizing and wearing masks and doing the other things, they, they sort of stand in for the one, uh, the one thing that might be happening. Needless to say, vaccination is not required to vote. How do you vote? There are basically three different ways or places that you can vote this year by mail, as we said. Again, on that very first elections.ca um, page, there's an opportunity there to click and to make the request for your mail-in ballot. Now, as I say, I understand from Kim that this is a little bit um, questionable in terms of the accessibility of that page. Uh, there is also a phone number that you can call to get your um, mail-in ballot. Once you get that ballot in the mail, then you have to complete the ballot and mail it back. Although the whole issue of using apps for ballots at the um, elections poll is something that I was trying to get confirmation on today, and I'm still waiting, but there's no reason you wouldn't be able to use one at home. The intent is that you would mail that ballot back, and there are some deadlines in terms of trying to make sure that ballot must be back in the national office before the end of the election day. And if in fact it comes in the next day, it isn't counted. If there's any question that it's gonna get back, you can obviously courier it. You can also take it to an elections office or to your local poll. There will be a box there where you could deposit that, um, that mail-in ballot, but it must be received before election day. Um, most of you already know that you can go to ele any elections office and, and uh, vote by what we call a special ballot. The special ballot means that you don't have to be, as I say, of that riding. So a student who is here in Ottawa, but comes from BC and would like to vote for a candidate in their BC riding can go to an elections office and request that ballot and vote as if they were at home in their uh, local riding. Otherwise, at the advanced polls this weekend and or the ordinary poll, which is what we call election day on the 20th, 
uh, you must be in the designated riding uh, poll that you've been you've been set to. Most of you should have received an elections card, and that card has the information, first of all, to confirm that you are registered to vote, and secondly, the information about where your advanced um, polling locations are and your poll for election day. Um, what, kind of, what kind of accommodations are available? Uh, there's information uh, that you can call and or request specifically. Again, there's a 1-800-463-6868 is the number that you can call to request specific information. At the poll, you will find, you better find, what they're, they're being provided for are a couple of options, including a large print ballot, a braille, um, a braille version of the ballot, um, as well as you are permitted to use the, your phone, for example, as a magnifier. You usually have a magnifying sheet and or magnifying glasses, which are sometimes not as, not as easy to use. But there are some options that will be there for you. Uh, very, very welcome. We encourage you to, you know, ask for anything that would make things easier for you or would make uh, voting accessible to you. There was a question about, you know, it, how do you get some help or if you want some help when you get to the poll, when you arrive, you should be greeted. Everybody will be greeted by an information officer who will ask you if you have your voting card and or your identification. You understand that you need generally two pieces of identification. You need to prove your name and your address. And so you, anything that has your address on it is fine. Your driver's license actually would um, accommodate both of those things or a provincial card, the provincial equivalent to the, I think it's, it's purple in this province. I don't know what it is in other places across the country. But anything else, if you have a health card, if you have uh, even a credit card with your name on it, then you need another piece of ID that has your full address. And that can be a letter that somebody sent, a bill that you have, um, any of your ID can be on your can be digital, can be on your phone, but you do have those things. And there is online and or available at the voting office a full list of things that qualify as your identification. And again, on the website, those things are available in an audio format, as well as in, you know, you can increase the font, obviously. Um, you can request a Braille version of that document. Uh, those are things that if you're going to ask for, or you're going to look for, you might want to make the request as soon as possible. There are quite a number of videos available on how to vote and some of the processes and what to expect. And again, uh, in the online materials that are available there, most of those are available as um, uh, in um, with 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 uh, audio over um, you know audio explanations so that you can follow follow that information that's available on all the printed things that everybody's getting and circulating everywhere else. 
At the poll, finally, you're gonna have this information officer who's gonna greet you and ask you for your ID. They will ask everybody that comes through where you're, they'll direct you either to a registration officer or a deputy returning officer. And they should say to you, and is there anything I can do to assist you? At that point, you're welcome to say, yes, I'd like some assistance to just show me where I'm going. Uh, give, you know, if I can take your arm and I can, you can show me where I'm going across the room. Uh, I, I would like a braille copy of the ballot. I would large, like a large print ballot. Uh, all of those things are available to you. Not probably your first choice, but if it happens to be your choice and or it's, you know, your choice of probably last resort, if you want to bring in someone to assist you, you are welcome to do that. And there is a process by which you can have somebody who comes with you, who knows you, who can provide you with any additional assistance that you need to get through the voting processes. Because of the mail-in ballot process this year, just to sort of let everybody know, you're used to sitting up all night waiting for the results. There will be no results on election night. The mail-in ballots will not be counted uh, until everything else is counted and it probably not even until the next day. And so it will be, uh, we're, we're not quite sure, but it will not be election night when we actually know the results of this. So that's just sort of a quick and dirty overview of what's happening this year and where you can get some of the information. And so I'd like to I'd just welcome any questions or comments. And um, as I say, there is a process here for feedback and I, I would also be very pleased to take any questions or comments and if I can answer them to uh, seek out the answers for you and get back to Kim or anybody else individually tomorrow. Uh, Heather, you had a question? Yes, um, the last election, federal election, when I went to advance poll, they don't have braille or large print. They don't have the braille template or any of those things in advance polls. They said um, they don't get them in time um, until voting day. So given this was such a short, <laughs> this, this uh, when they dropped the writ, such a short period of time, I'm assuming that will be true again. I don't, I can't speak. I don't, I'm not sure where your um, office is. I did speak to our office in Ottawa Centre today and they received them today. And so we have our, the advance poll this weekend. If, if it's something that you're interested in and or want to know, I would suggest by all means to call them ahead of time and A, ask if they'll be there and B, quite frankly, tell them that you're coming and, I, I will need one and I want it, uh, you know, I'm asking that you do everything you can to make it available. Uh, they are, I did check with our office today and, and those materials came in today. So as far as I'm aware, I will have them on Friday. Okay, I'm out in BC in a small town. So we'll, we'll see, I'll, I will give them a call. And thank I'll, you for I'll all your information. My, my pleasure. Brian B. Yeah, um, the last election, the returning offices didn't have the templates to to mark your ballots. Do you know if they have them this this round? Again, I I, I wouldn't want to 
even try, Brian, to commit to every returning office that's you know across the country right now. I I would well I would certainly encourage you to phone them um, before you go there and just and ask them exactly that question to say you know I'd like to come and vote, but I'd like to confirm that you have these tools that I'm going to need uh, available when I come. And now, sometimes about, it. Sorry. Uh, what about the advance polls? Do you know if they have the template to mark your ballot? Well, as I say, ours came in today, so so that's just one riding. Um, and I can't tell you whether certainly smaller ones, whether they get things faster or slower or different provinces, I, I really don't know, but, but ours came in today. So I would hope that that's a good sign. And by all means, please call the writing office and or uh, call the writing office now about, now we're in advance of the advanced poll, about the advanced poll location that you think you'll be going to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Bolduc? Yes, um, actually I can answer that question for you, Brian. I, I voted yesterday at my elections office and they had the templates there. I used it to yesterday. Okay, good to know because they didn't have them. None of the returning yeah. offices had them at the last election. Yeah, and also- I wouldn't want to speak to the whole country, but, but I, I think they are yeah. doing their best to make sure everybody's ready. And also, uh, I don't think you mentioned that um, in addition to having uh, somebody you know come in and, and help you vote, you can also have the uh, returning officer can also help you and they sign something saying that they swear that they, I guess, won't release what who you voted for. Yeah, uh, they won't tell anybody. my friend yeah. did that for him. He, he, they, he wanted somebody to help him. He had trouble with his first ballot, getting the marking in the, in the correct place with the... Um, because he's left-handed, he had a bit of trouble lining up the holes with the name of the person. So they gave him a new ballot and they helped him do it. And then they swore that, you know, they, they had to send okay. percent. Yeah. And again, if there's any question, if you're not sure, you know, if it's not marked properly, you can request a second ballot. Um, mm -hmm. so, so just to don't be afraid to speak up or, you know, I mean, I know it can be frustrating and I know for everybody all the time it just depends so much on the day and who's there but uh, don't be afraid to say you know I'd like another ballot and there is a yeah there is a provision to do that that's perfectly acceptable Bill the mountain doctor <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your presentation and now Lord uh, I, I just voted in in the, within the last hour between 3 and 3 30 British Columbia time and uh, I was escorted in by my friend and who observed everything. The only complication we came up against was when I asked for the Braille template to uh, fill in my, uh, my color, to color my circle, uh, they said they're not available and we'd already had phoned ahead and we knew that they're there already. So she wasn't pleased in getting up, going to go look for the Braille template, but she did bring it back and she had to unwrap it, and she unwrapped it in front of us. Uh, the only thing I did not—the only thing I did not unwrap was the signing card that came with the uh, Braille template, because I have my own, and my friend was there also to make sure the card was placed in the right area. So that's the only part that was not open on my uh, Braille template. But all in all, I think that what they've done this year is reasonably good in the long run. Uh, I've, we only waited 
25 minutes because the lady, the returning officer or whatever you want to call her, the IO officer, uh, was cleaning the area from the previous person and, and we had to wait 25 minutes for that. So I assume th that person might not have had a mask on. My friend wasn't sure of that. But that, that's the only thing we went uh, that happened today. Uh, and But all in all, if, as usual, it's a voting experience. And uh, I voted for the, none, the mark that said none of the above, which was very applicable. And uh, so my friend said that was good. She recognized who I voted for and uh, all was well. And uh, there's no problem whatsoever in the, um, at the BC elections office that I attended to today. Thank you very much. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, Bill. And, and again, you know, when you've called ahead and asked for something specifically and the first person you meet says, you know, we don't have that, it's <laughs> perfectly acceptable. You know, we ask that you be patient and polite, but perfectly acceptable to say, you know what? No, it's okay. I called and there is one here. So I'll just wait here for a minute and I'll let you go and find it. Um, I did check before and there is one. And often, as in a lot of cases, there are a lot of people on site and it is possible that you got the one guy who doesn't know or wasn't really. We try to encourage people in the training to, you know, don't make up an answer to something if you're not sure. There is a central pole supervisor. In most cases, there are a couple of them on site that that information officer can go to and, and find out what's going on with it. And as you say, they go in the back and sure enough, there it is. Scott Hunter. Hi, um, I just had a question. I've never missed a, a vote in the last 40 years. This is your request a mail-in ballot. So my question is, I'm completely blind and I received my ballot, but it's requested me to write in the candidate's name on a blank, blank piece of paper. How am I supposed to do that when I'm completely blind? I'm sorry, Scott, I can't give you, you know, probably a suitable answer to that. Uh, that was one of the issues that Kim had raised and that I raised with the office today uh, to say that basically without the assist of a sighted person, you know, you're really at a bit of a loss. You, you need somebody who can, can provide that assistance to you um, if there isn't a way for you to, you know, to write it on a piece of paper. Is that what it says on a blank piece of paper? You just write a name? Yeah, you have to write the candidate's name on a, the blank piece of paper they provide you. That they provide you, though. So yeah. it's got to be on there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, assuming that you can't sort of hold it in your hand and, and write on it. I, I'm sorry to say, I, I don't know that there's another particular answer to that. Um, the, the ballots are not, it is a write-in ballot. And so that's part of the feedback that we're sending them is to say that, you know, a lot of this has gone relatively well. I know Kim said that there was some, some people were some, having some challenges with the mail-in in terms of getting through. And there is a process where you can check the status of your, vote as, as it's gone, whether it's been received, that sort of thing, but that it can be difficult to get through that process too. Uh, so it's it's not perfect. And we're certainly gathering that information and sending it through. But I, the only thing I can suggest at the moment is that you need to find somebody that you trust to uh, write that for you. And if I decide instead of having someone come over to my house, if I go to the advance poll, what, what's the process to say, here's my mail-in ballot, I prefer to just vote at the advance poll with help? 
Um, you technically, you can't use your mail-in ballot at the advance poll. Uh, you, you can oh, go okay. to the, so the event, oh, the mail-in poll and just say, I'd like a ballot, right? Right. They, so you have they, to go to the, you have to go to the advance poll and swear that you did not vote because your name will be crossed off on the list. As soon okay. as they've issued that mail-in ballot to you. Your name has been crossed off as if you voted. Right. So okay. you would have to go to the, the advance poll and swear that you had not voted, swear an affidavit that you had not voted and request a new ballot. And then you would get the ballot as you would have at the advance poll. And then just have someone there help me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Camille? Thank you. Camille? Yeah. I would like to know if it would be possible to get help getting inside the buildings where we need to vote because I'm not sure where to go once I get there. Yes, absolutely. So there should be an information officer, if not outside, right at the door. Um, and that person will be watching for anybody who approaches who might need any kind of assistance and would be available to provide that assistance. They're there to welcome you, to greet you. Uh, Once with inside, a quick... but I've Sorry? never seen anybody. I've never seen anybody outside. They usually are inside the building. Well, they're supposed to be. Again, I I would encourage you if you have the opportunity to to phone and to just let them know that you know I I'm coming to this location. I'd like to know if there's somebody that's going to be at that door because I will need some assistance just to find my way through to the um, to the voting polls. This year, they are putting more information officers on. So in the past where we might've had one person to direct people, I'm, I know at my advance poll this weekend, I have three. And so again, the intent here is to be even more, part of it is because we have to do contact tracing and wiping down tables and you know have people around to do more things. But also Camille, to try and understand that we need to be there to greet people and make sure that spaces are uh, accessible for everybody all the time. Even automatic doors, you've got to know you know, where the door is and where it, how it opens and all the rest of it. So- oh, if Which is another to, problem. I'm going to a school, there's lots of doors. You're going to school? Yeah. That's interesting because for a lot of places, they're not using schools this year. Well, and so there's here. been a big change of venues because a lot of the schools didn't want uh, all oh, these hoodlum yeah. nope. people in them, I guess, this year. I'm voting at the same location I did last time. Last time. And so you had a bit of a problem at trying to get to, to that location. Well, I can get to the location, but once there, I don't know where to go. And once inside, I still don't know where to go. There's lots of corridors and hallways. and There should absolutely be extra information officers um, assisting with all of that this year. And the only other thing I you know, would encourage you is, of course, if you want to go, go with I a can friend. Call. Well, and or go with a friend. I mean, make an arrangement uh, we, that, you know. We like to vote independently, right? Not I'm yeah. sure. Right? I'm sure. That's why I'm asking. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're very welcome. Josephine, it's Corey. Uh, I'd like to put myself on the speaker's list if I could. Yes. Good. By all uh, means. 
thank you for the presentation. It's been very informative and, and, and thank you for doing this today. Um, one little bit of information is we just recently completed an election here in British Columbia and there was an opportunity for a phone in uh, ballot casting and that was very, very successful. It was, it was uh, utilized by many, um, there were scrutineers in place and it, it was really, really successful. So I, I, I would encourage Election Canada to, to consider that perhaps in, in future or Was that municipal or provincial? That was provincial. That was provincial, yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. I absolutely was, will. Yeah, yeah no, it was very good. Um, one, the question I had is, okay, come election day and I've gone to vote, what is sort of the proper pecking order? If things aren't right, who should I be asking for? You all have very fancy titles, but who, who, like, what, who should I be talking to? You should to be with? asking for the central poll supervisor. Central that's, poll supervisor. And there is yeah, one of those at, at every poll. There should, well, in my, in the poll I'm running this weekend, there will be three of us. Okay. But that's the that's the top person in the room. Okay. So, so just just ask if you could speak to the central poll supervisor, and uh, and they should come over right away. And also that, quite frankly, that person is going to have a few minutes to talk to you and to try and address your need. Whereas everybody else is trying to get all the other voters through and trying to get them directed. So that central poll supervisor is there specifically to deal with you know, any unique situations, any anything that they can do, they're the one that's going to go and find that template for you um, rather than holding up a whole line of other people who are then going to, you know, not be very happy. Awesome. So go right to the top and ask okay. for them and they'll serve you. I shall do. Thank you. Tell them Josephine sent you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'm go not sure that'll get you anywhere, but you can always. <laughs> worth a try. Um, you know, and, and just to keep in mind for, for future, whatever, some of you may have been there already, but um, there, are, there are probably opportunities in your own ridings and your own um, uh, electoral districts to work, if you are so inclined, uh, no. either as resource oh. officers uh. Um, or on site, you know, because you know better than anybody, right, some of the things, and uh, you, you can get get in there before it all happens. But otherwise there is, there should be CROs, community resource officers in each of your ridings uh, who are spe specially designated to make sure that the uh, resources are available in your community to meet the needs. Super, I think Kim just had to step away for a second. So I'll just let everybody know that we're, oh, Kim's got her hand up in fact. So I guess she is, hasn't stepped away. Kim, go ahead. You're muted, Kim. You're muted. Yeah, Kim. thanks. Thank you. Um, I did step away for a few minutes, so I might have missed this. Uh, and if I did, I apologize. But did anyone talk about the voting machines that we've also used here in Ottawa? We've used them both provincially. I've used them both provincially and municipally to vote totally independently um, using you know, audio headphones and the ballot was marked and then I could confirm who I voted for. Uh, whereas with the template, so the braille template, which goes over the ballot, I don't know 100% for sure that I did that. 
So I wonder if that's also another option that we could take to Elections Canada because it also has attachments that people with other disabilities, uh, such as people with quadriplegia can use the sip and puff um, attachment right. of that machine. So I would really encourage Elections Canada, and I know you're just the messenger, but I would really encourage them to consider that as well as when Corey mentioned the um, the telephone uh, the telephone uh, voting or the yeah the telephone voting yeah so. absolutely you're right and it's to me it's a little it baffles me a little bit this whole municipal provincial and federal because they're called elections Canada and it seems to me that the whole point is that it's impartial so why we have three dis different voting processes that don't you know they don't share equipment and they don't share procedures it's it, ba it baffles you know anybody I'm sure but I believe it was in our provincial elections that we had those devices and you're absolutely right they already exist they're already in somebody's office they're just not in the federal election supply cabinet um, and so I am the messenger and I will definitely take that feedback back um, back to them to say that the uh, voting by phone and that the voting machines and as you say, we had the sip and puff. Um, some of those things are very, very useful and made it much more accessible for many people. Super, there's no hands up. If anybody has a question or comment, please feel free. You're your one and only chance. Yeah, and you've got the messenger so you can Here give us comments. There's Camille. Camille. Last me. I don't know that Kim or Corey were attending, but there was a webinar organized by Elections Canada, and the issue of the voting machines was brought up. And she said the main reason why they're not used at the federal level is for security reasons. The federal government does not trust these machines. Simple as that. Nor does Donald Trump. <laughs> Are you yeah, these are all things that are, I, you know, on the one hand, I mean, we have places where you can vote uh, online, right, where you can go online, you get a pin number in the mail, whatever you sign up and you get a pin number and you can vote online from home and other places or other elections where that's not secure. You can get your university degree online with a, you know, with a pin number. Anyway, it's it's one of those things that as we move forward, we can do so many things. And then all of a sudden there's this glitch. Quite frankly, if you want to hack a system, you can, the hackers are so far ahead of us that, you know, not, not making accessibility things available to people is not stopping the people who are hacking voting systems. Uh, I really don't believe that that's the case, but there's some education there to be done. It's also a matter of numbers and quantities of things, right? Is that at a federal level, you have to make the same kinds of things available across the country. So where one province might have the resources and or the inclination to take that on, um, another province might not. I, I do always appreciate that the logistics are probably more complicated than, than I would think. Why don't you just do it? But Brian B, you had a question? Actually, no, I just had a comment. Uh, what Camille was talking about was me that actually brought that up to them. 
and yeah, their answer was that, and also was the uh, idea that because it's a federal election, like every re every returning offices would have to have them, of which that's the quantity. And also, they mentioned you know they were worried about hacking. Well, those machines are not connected to the internet, so they can't. You know, the only way they would get hacked is internally. Yeah, the same thing happened when they had the ballot readers and you just fed your ballot through and, and nobody had to count them at the end of the night. And none of those machines were connected to the Internet. That's right. Um, so there was, you know, I mean, technically there was no hacking. There was no issue. So I brought yeah. that up. But then they, they did say that they were looking at it for future election. They didn't say which one, um, but obviously not this one. Well, you can imagine on election night when every single poll is calling in the numbers that they've counted at the table, that those phone lines can be really a challenge to get through. And it just occurred to them this year, they're looking into the idea that we could text them in. <laughs> so it hardly seems to be, you know, a, yeah, a hugely 2000 and, you know, 2021 <laughs> technology to say to People don't stay, have to stay on the phone for hours to do something that they could get those numbers in more efficiently. But as they said, told you, they're working on it. Yeah. Thank you all so much for your time tonight. I really do appreciate it. And and Kim, I would just extend, you know, you know where you know where I am. You have my number. Yes. Yes. And uh, if there are other things, I, I am the messenger in a sense, and I'd be very, very happy to have suggestions or comments or even, you know what, even after the fact, if the rest of you, if, if in your experience this year, you have some, what I would call testimonials of, of what was good, bad or different, uh, you know, it only changes by getting all that information and making your voice heard and getting it in. So I encourage you to do that. Did anyone here mention to you, Josephine, about their mail-in ballot experience, um, uploading documents and things like that, that was a problematic? No, it was something that was on, in your notes. Okay. And we did actually have that raised at the office before by other people. Um, when I raised it at the office, someone told me I could fax things in. And I said, surely you're not telling the Canadian public to fax things in in this day and age for anything anyway. So I, just, I don't mean to call you out, Leo, but did you wanna tell Josephine your experience with the uploading the documents and things? Because that didn't sound very accessible at all. You don't have to, if you don't want to, but I, I think you could explain it really well if you felt like it. Not a problem. Where, well, two things. Um, the first time I tried to fill out the ballot, uh, to, fill, to register online, uh, we encountered the problem of actually scanning and getting the documents required into the system. And then I followed it for several days and kept getting the message that it was being processed. After a week, I said, this is too long. I phoned Elections Canada and I finally got somebody to actually look at my file. And indeed there were errors. Now at no point in that message did it say, okay, did it identify that there even was an error 
or even point to what the error was. Subsequently, I re and they just told me, resubmit again. I did, and again, waited for a little while. But in the mail, ironically, uh, last Wednesday appeared two packages for me. Evidently, the first one went through, even though I've been told otherwise. And the second one that my daughter helped me do was clearly accepted as well. So at no point was I getting a real clear sense of any kind of error in the system. So anyway, I have my packages and of course uh, I'll proceed that way, but I was wondering okay. in future, go ahead, sorry. So I was gonna say, and they're making it up to you by letting you vote twice. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> There's an old political joke about voting in Quebec that I'll, 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 I won't give you. But <laughs> here I am sitting with two packages. And of course, I know that I'm only going to use one and so forth. But it was interesting that at no point did I get a sense in my efforts to go online and check my status that there was an error other than the pending notice. Yeah. So that's my story. Thank you, Leo. And I will take that back to the office. That is not the way it's supposed to work. If there is a problem with it, it's supposed to kick back a message to you, not only saying that there's a problem, that it's been hung up at that point because of a problem, but to, as you say, specify exactly what that problem is. Um, that's my understanding of what's expected to happen. And the fact that it didn't is fairly not good. Yeah. Well, that's what I would have assumed. And then I, th I think to deal with the other issue, and this is, you see it in other contexts too, in other apps and so forth with the government, but focusing on this one, the problem for those of us with a visual impairment, where we're trying to scan documents, make sure that they're of a quality that the system through its AI will accept, that's a real issue. And uh, I don't have the remedy for it, but I just point out that it is a real issue to get those um, proof of address documents into this particular process. What we suggested to them, and I'm not sure it makes it a lot easier for you, but, but in terms of that quality of the image and that sort of thing is that I don't understand why I can't type in the numbers of my driver's license, the numbers of my uh, health card. You know, if I have provincial ID, it's got a number on it. Um, I, the same way that when I had my vaccine, I put in my healthcare number and then it puts me into the system. I don't need to scan the card. If I'm well, scanning something point, like yeah. the letter or something else, then you're right. I don't have, it's, it's more but, you difficult. Know, Josephine, to your point, that's exactly true because when I did the uh, uh, vaccine code here in Quebec, once you started putting in those numbers, things began to happen. Yeah. And, th and they already have all that information. So yeah, once you've identified yeah. yourself that way. Yeah. Scott? Well, as we question? say, it's a work in process. And indeed, you know, we understand that, you know, hopefully all this feedback will help uh, Parliament make decisions in future, because I think we need to remember that Parliament ultimately defined the rules that govern a particular election. And some of the ideas tonight, hopefully, go forward as ideas, as we learn from other countries like Australia, we're in... Uh, New South Wales, they've gone to online balloting. There's a lot that we'll learn and we'll improve over the years. Thank you. Absolutely. And and the, I, I hope you feel that way that, you know, the comments and the feedback are important. And I know it 
nothing changes overnight, but it, it is, it's the only way it will move forward for sure. Kim? Scott? Uh, yeah, sorry. Teresa. Well, that's, well, let Scott go and then you can go, Teresa. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just had a thought, I went back to my question about because of the paper they sent. I never had a, I don't know what the paper looks like. If I printed the name and printed off of like on a piece of paper, would the, you think they would accept that or no? Is it I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, Scott, but I could certainly ask that and get that message back to either to you directly or to Kim. I'd be happy to find out whether you writing it on your own piece of paper would count or if there's something about that ballot sheet that they sent you that's somehow special that it would invalidate it if you wrote it on something else. Because it'd be easier um, to just go type it, right, and then print it. <laughs> Well, that's I, I what I wondered if you, yeah, if you print it, if you typed it in and printed it on a sheet of paper and put it in the envelope, yeah. would that not count? Sorry about that, but I did ask about putting a sticker on the ballot. So I was thinking if I got a mail-in ballot and I <coughs> made a, like an address label, you know, where I printed my, the what I wanted, they said no to that absolutely because it's actually putting something on. You know what I mean? The right, but he wouldn't be putting anything on. In this case, you're print. You're just putting. You're oh, substituting yes. a different piece of paper. I I understand the sticker because the question is there might have been something underneath that sticker. Right, right. right. Okay. So somebody's tampered with your ballot. But in fact, what he's suggesting is he's it's still going to be a piece of paper. It's in my sealed envelope, but it's not the It's not the piece of paper they sent me. And interesting that, that would be yeah, really interesting to know if that's possible because that would make it more accessible well i'll, um, I'll ask it and i'll uh, get you an answer back i mean it okay. might be no but uh, you know does anybody know what that piece of paper actually looks like is there something special on it i i have no idea so leo I open one of your packages up leo <laughs> hmm. I, I don't know. Does anyone know if it's just a piece of paper or if it has a seal or what it has on it? Well, I'm sure it's a certain weight and a certain size of, you know, like it's a ballot that they've constructed for that purpose. But the question is, who cares? It's not, it's being read by a person. It's not something that's going into a computer. So needs to feed in that way. So is there any reason that they wouldn't accept something else? It's also worth noting that you have to stipulate the candidate's name, not just the party, is my understanding. Absolutely. That, uh, yeah, we said that at the beginning. And any kind of special ballot or the uh, mail-in, you, you must. And it's very important. It is good to check the candidate's, um, uh, the candidate's list if for whatever reason, I can't imagine, but there were two candidates with the same name, then you need the name and the party, but it is not sufficient to write, I'm voting for this party. You must have the name of the candidate. Uh, Teresa, you, I know you had some experiences. Uh... Yes, not all of them, not any of them good. Um, thank you, Josephine, for coming and uh, for you know giving us uh, your time tonight. Um, I spent an hour and a half on the phone with Elections Canada and got absolutely nowhere. Finally, um, I said, okay, if you're going to mail me this blank sheet, can I not put the, my candidate's name in Braille? And they said, no. The only way is to uh, write it. 
then I, I said, then I'm in the same boat. Then I still need someone to write it for me. I don't have privacy. And they, they just apologized. Um, so now, then I contacted my MP. And so now I've got a ballot coming. If it is this blank sheet, then I still have to get someone to write the name for me. Correct? Well, yes. And I mean, as I understand it, that is... Yeah, I, as I, as I, yeah, that's exactly right. As I understand it, you do need to get somebody, you know, to, to write the name, assuming you can't hold it with one hand and, and sort of write it onto the sheet. Um, and that's what Scott was asking is if he was able to print it off on a right. sheet of paper and replace that sheet of paper. And I will ask that question and get back to you before the end of business tomorrow. Um, okay. But um, as of now. As of now, I believe it yes. has to be written onto that card, that piece of paper, that ballot, whatever it is that came in your package. Well, if so we can have the have Braille to... ballot, if we go to the to the poll on election day, why can't we not have a Braille ballot mailed to us? The Braille ballot yes. isn't isn't a person's name in Braille, right? So that's the difference. If you're writing the name in Braille, somebody, that has to be read by somebody at the other end. The Braille yes, ballot. But you just has... said that the mail-ins are, are read. They're not put through a machine. They're they're read by someone. So. Couldn't someone read the Braille? Well, presumably, I mean, you're right. There, you know, this is a question that you and I would think that's not beyond the level of possibility to find someone to read it. But it is a difference between what's at the at the polling station is a template with with the the names on it, and you're still marking the X on the on the printed ballot that it, same one that everybody else. Has. Right. Like nobody's yeah. reading Braille on that. I, I don't think, Teresa, that that would be beyond reasonable expectation. I agree with you that they would have right. somebody in the whole country that they could find someone at the national office, whatever, a couple in each province that would read those. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and, and you know, a... yeah. And the, the, the telephone, that, that sounds like the, the quickest and easiest way. But I've used those machines for uh, provincial and municipal yeah. elections. And they're they're fantastic. Like Kim says, you can confirm who you voted for. You can, you know, especially for the municipal where you're voting for different, you know, for the um, councillors and, and the, the mayor. And, uh, you know, the, so if they can have them at the municipal level, why on earth can they not have them at the federal level? It's just, you know. and, and I'm not I'm not trying to defend them, Teresa, but the answer is because some municipalities have them and it's great, but not every municipality in the country has them. And so if you can't get it to every municipality in the country, then it becomes problematic for a federal election. Well, I, okay. I, I don't well. I think I think it's where we need to be going for sure. And, you know. We spend a lot of money on a lot of other things, so right, frankly, exactly. There's, there's I just don't understand work. why the why why we have three system. Like it's the whole Different point systems. of Elections Canada is that it's it serves impartially. It should be the same all the way across. But anyway. yes. we've got about. We're, I'm just gonna 
suggest that we just move forward. We have about five minutes left in the call and we still have two hands. Um, yeah, if we the move two forward. No, uh, yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks, Teresa. Yep. Thank you. Heather B and then Heather W. Okay, I was just wondering if anybody considered um, for writing in the name of the of the person on the ballot that you get mailed to you of using a signature guide. A lot of people have those. If you could, if you could print the name using that signature guide, like you would write, print your own name, but print the candidate's name instead using the signature guide. So Heather, is that something that just fits over the page and it gives you some limitations in terms of knowing where to write the name? Well, I would presume that the ballot is pretty, is a blank sheet. You could put it, place it anywhere on that ballot. Yeah. And yeah, just, I, I, I think that write it in. Yeah. The problem is for me, I couldn't write it in because I don't know how to write. I mean, <laughs> it sounds yeah. bad, right? <laughs> but okay, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm concerned. Except my name. If I was running, right. I could put my name there, but that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, we okay, have. I thought about that. I mean, yeah, yeah, but for some people, yes, definitely. For some people, that would probably be helpful. Not, not for everybody. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. Yeah, Heather, Heather Wackus is our last participant. Well, I'd like to thank you for trying to solve the problems of the nation and also to let you know that um, not only is it Elections Canada's responsibility, it's also ours to uh, deal with these uh, accessibility issues. And I, I really appreciate the amount of time you've spent um, trying to weave through them with us and uh, um, I just want people to know if you have ordered a mail-in ballot, you cannot go to your voting poll and vote, but you can take it to your voting poll and put it in a special box of mail-in ballots as you can with an Elections Canada office. Just be aware of that, that you can't just walk in and vote and leave your mail-in vote package at home. Otherwise, your vote won't be counted. Thanks. Thanks, Heather. And thanks Thank you so all much. Again very much. Thank you so much, uh, Josephine, and for just fielding all the questions. And we know you're not responsible for all the answers, but it's just nice to know we have someone to ask. Um, and so feel free to send me anything you get, and I'll, I'll make sure to pass it on to the group. Um, and I just really appreciate the group, too, for being respectful and um, articulate and expressing your concerns and, and questions for Josephine. Um, I appreciate that I, so much. I would like to thank you all very much for your time tonight in doing that. I know that it can be very frustrating and we all suffer a little of the this is never going to happen and they'll never listen and it'll never change. But uh, it, it will only by us continuing to you know, hammer on, hammer just a little bit louder next time. And we'll be at the door to meet you, Camille, when you come. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at 1-877-304-0968. You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog. 
If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to GTT support plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.com.